Welcome to Winning at Work, the podcast for foodies, founders, and food and beverage professionals. You know, if you wanted to discover a new brand, a new food or beverage to try, there are literally thousands of companies out there. It is very difficult to do that. That's why we curate the different, the better, and the special brands here each and every week so you don't have to do the heavy lifting. If you're a founder and you're looking to connect with other like-minded executives, we make that very easy. And if you just work in the food and beverage industry and you're looking for fresh inspiration, we have that here in spades. This episode is sponsored by Temple. Congratulations, you're selling in retail. But the competition is fierce and your brand is surrounded by similar products. How will consumers find you? Let Temple show you an innovative retail sales solution. Click on the Attract Consumers link below. Need to attract great employees? Click on the Hire Now below and we'll show you how to use your culture to help you stand out. Stay tuned for this week's episode. Welcome to Winning at Work, everybody. It is Tony. You know, when life throws you a lemon, you turn it into lemonade. It doesn't matter what obstacles come at you. You got to overcome the hurdle. And I think that's the life of every entrepreneur. It's the life of anyone who's in business. We've had a lot of obstacles to overcome this morning just for Ariana Tolka and I to sit down and talk about Balkan Bites. And I think the, the reason why, Ariana, I wanted you here today is that you really are what I call that traditional food entrepreneur who sees a need in the marketplace. You love to cook. You're a foodie. You create something super special. It has a big meaning to you. And then it's like, wait, other people love this. How do I get this into retail? How do we grow this? How do we scale it? I think we're going to have a really fun conversation today. So thank you so much for joining us on Winning at Work. Thank you, Tony. Super excited to be here. Balkan Bites. I, what's, what's unique here is that you're trying to capture the essence of like the Balkan cuisine and the culture and what's known as a, a burek. Am I pronouncing that right? Yeah, burek. Yep. Burek. Um, it's this traditional Balkan pie. By the way, the samples were phenomenal. I can't believe how flaky they were. I mean, that's what's so amazing. So they they come in these um, packs um, and they are frozen because you do bake them. But they're but these pies are, ra- are wrapped in this really flaky dough and they're stuffed with savory. Some of them are, are have the cheese filling. And I just couldn't believe how flaky they were. What's this? What is it with these things? Well, we we make our phyllo dough from scratch. So I think if you've used phyllo dough in the past, it might have been the dried version that you can find that's frozen in supermarkets. So the difference with our dough is that we make it with unbleached flour, extra virgin olive oil, um, real butter, and it's fresh. So think about like, bread dough, you're stretching it, you're kneading it, it's really pliable. So the benefit to using fresh dough is that we can sheet it super, super thin. And then we coat it with fat. So it retains that moisture. Um, It creates those beautiful layers. So not quite like a puff pastry, but it does puff up a little bit and uh, has thin layers that are 
you're supposed to be able to read a newspaper underneath. That's how thin it's supposed to go. So at least when you're stretching it, when it's traditionally made by hand, you have to stretch it that thin. So if you have a pattern tablecloth underneath, you see the patterns. Um, so, you know, we try to replicate that. And then when you bake it, if you, you cut the pies, they're in the shape of a swirl. If you cut them in half, you can really see all of those layers with the filling stuffed inside. Yes. Well, and that's what we noticed because, you know, as you know, with samples, I wanted to try them as many times as I could with friends and family and um, just super savory. Like I said, it, it just, I was surprised at just how, you know, fresh and flaky they were right out of the oven, especially from something frozen. So I thought that was kind of a very unique, you know, aspect to it. Now I'm not familiar with, with Balkan foods. So as I was, so trying the savory ones to me, those could stand alone. You know, you could maybe put like a salad with it, something like that with a nice balsamic, but I was, but the cheese filled to me, I actually see a big play for restaurant for food service. That would be a, I think a wonderful um, appetizer I kind of was like exp trying to experiment like what types of sauces, like a nice wow. cilantro based, yeah. something for dipping. I don't know. what Are there some Balkan um, dipping sauces that you've tried with this? There are. There are. So uh, traditionally, actually, they're eaten, especially the spinach and cheese one and the beef and onion are eaten with yogurt or like a, a thinner drinkable yogurt, kind of like um, – a kefir and you could also make a tzatziki type sauce with it yes it's a dipping sauce which is really delicious um so we usually eat it with one of those two uh sides as well as a salad or roasted veggies just to you know add our vegetables onto the plate but you're right it's totally <laughs> uh it's totally meant to be a standalone portable meal or it can be more of a center of the plate and then you can serve uh, sides with it. So it definitely has food service applications. I think we are not super focused on food service right now, but we, we will be in the future. What is it though about the cuisine and culture that you're trying to capture with the brand? And how does that come through? Are you using packaging? Is it website? How do you try to connect kind of that Mediterranean back to the, you know, American lifestyle? Yeah, I would say all, you know, all of the above on our packaging, we tell our story. Um, we try to highlight why we started the business. So the story is that my aunt and myself, um, we were baking together as a way to commemorate my late grandmother, Magbulia, and, and I wanted to learn all of our traditional Albanian family recipes. So burek was something that she made usually for holidays, and we all looked forward to it, fought over who would get the first piece, usually burst <laughs> the roof of my mouth because it was right, so good it's and so I couldn't hot, wait right? for it to cool down. Yeah, hers was just so delicious. So after she had passed, um, my aunt is really the gatekeeper of our family recipes, so I asked her to teach me how to make different different pastries and, and these burek pies. And when we were making the burek, we realized, you know, this could be this could be something that people who aren't from the Balkans could appreciate. There's various dough stuffed uh, snacks and entrees. There's samosas. There's empanadas. There's dumplings, 
and they've all reached mass appeal. So I think Burek could be next. And in terms of Balkan cuisine, Burek is so ubiquitous. It's found at every bakery. It's made at home for every holiday. And and it's not just specific to one country. So the Balkans is a region in southeastern Europe, and there are you know there are a lot of countries that are are part of it, and they all have their own cuisine. But I think Balkan cuisine as a whole it shares Burek as really like the crown jewel of the the cuisine, I would say, um, and it's appreciated by all. So we focused, we decided to share our family recipe for our Burek and really focus on that as our first, our first product. Um, I think it's a good gateway into the Balkan, Balkan world, uh, Balkan cuisine. And then we want to share our culture as well. So on our website, we have a history of the Balkans page on our Instagram, on our email newsletters. We really try to share different recipes. We have a blog. So we're trying to share cuisine outside of what we make, which is burek, but also give, we give a recipe for the yogurt sauce that I mentioned for different oh, beverages. I wish I had seen that. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we try to share that. We share that, you know, in our emails, it always lives on our blog, but we're always coming up with new recipes and, and pairing suggestions as well. We recently did a collaboration with um, two different brands, one uh, freestyle snacks for olive uh, they have really delicious olive packs and we did uh, another collaboration with Painterland Skier. So a really yummy grass-fed uh, cow skier. So basically like a yogurt and together it's a beautiful Mediterranean plate. Uh, the products all complementary. They complement each other really well. And so we're always trying to give our, our audience new ideas about how to enjoy our product and, and different traditional ways of eating it as well. Yeah, I think you just touched on something there. And that's, you know, how do you build community and how do you, you know, show recipes and kind of show people how to kind of interact and, and use the the burek because you know, you're obviously looking to expand your your marketplace, you expand the consumer, right? Not right. just people who, who know it um, and kind of bring it. So I think having that user generated content and having people show how they use it in, in recipes is super helpful. Thank you. Yeah, we're hoping to do more of that as well. So let's talk about your journey now out of the kitchen and putting on your business hat, your entrepreneur's hat. When did you realize that people want this? And what were some of those first steps you took? Uh, Some of those initial maybe buyer conversations or maybe, frankly, you went to a broker. I don't know. What was your your kind of your start? So it was a long journey. Uh, We started in 2019 selling at outdoor markets, holiday markets, uh, street fairs. Uh, There's an awesome market here in New York called the Queen's Night Market, and there are international foods from around the world. So we were a vendor there. And uh, I decided to quit my day job that year at a nonprofit to focus on Balkan Bites after doing some street fairs and seeing that there was demand. So I really took the plunge and people from all over the world came to the holiday markets in New York. You know, people travel from everywhere around that time of year and they all loved it. So not just people from around the country, but around the world. So I'm like, you know, this, I think this can go further than just New York. Um, We want to be, we want to be recognized 
first nationwide and then even beyond that. So that was 2019. Our plan for 2020 was to continue doing more markets, maybe do a food hall concept and to continue testing. Um, you know, we didn't, we didn't know yet where, where the business would take us. Food service initially was a big, uh, a big channel for us. So we were going to do food service plus in-person events. Um, and then a little something happened that kind of shut food yeah. service down, which everyone yeah. knows about. So it's like, okay, right. pivot. Right. Yeah. So we, we even did the food service trade show, uh, in March got great feedback. Yeah. All those follow-ups were like, uh, we're closing down for the foreseeable future. So pivot had to happen. Uh, we started selling online and I was the delivery person for a few months driving around the tri-state area. Oh and my then gosh. we realized something Welcome called, U- yeah, Mobile. something. Yep, exactly. So then we realized something called UPS exists and dry ice and we developed professional packaging. And, and so then we started chipping nationwide, um, which really kept our business alive for a few years. So we got, we got a uh, press, recognition from the New York times, the New Yorker bought up a fast company. And with that, that's where I saw you. That's oh, see, okay. that's see that that's where I saw you. And I thought, yeah. what is this? That's what drew me to you in the first place. Oh, that's so great to hear. Yeah. So we, we got customers We're shipping to 49 out of 50 States now. So we're, we're really grateful for um, the awareness that that brought to our product and our business and we, we were making everything by hand for the first three years of our business in a commercial kitchen. So the max, the maximum we can make was like 300 bricks a day. Uh, so we didn't have the capacity to sell to retail. That was always the plan and the goal, but we couldn't do it on our own. Um, so we found an amazing co-packer after two years of searching. Uh, it's just a very unique product as you can imagine. So there aren't many people who are able to produce it. So, uh, we found a great partner and that was in at the end of 2021. So that really allowed us to start pitching grocery stores, um, and retailers. And actually the first big account that we got was fresh direct here in, in the New York area. And they're actually an online grocery delivery service, but they're, they're incredible. And and they brought us our first distributor. So, um, you know, it's a little bit of a chicken or the egg situation. Oh, that's interesting. So you kind of went, yeah, you kind of went the the, the other way around and they said, Hey, we love this, but you need to work with our distributor. Right. And, and then once we got on board with that distributor, we were able to start selling to stores because I was done delivering direct. And I realized I no longer want to put more mileage on my car. And we really need to find partners that can help us with the delivery. And then so from there, you have started expanding your retail footprint. Yes. So we started with independence in New York City. Um, and now we're available in the latest was it 19 states but we we work with at least five different distributors two being unfi and kahi and we're found all along the east coast um down in the south we're in the midwest in illinois um, in wisconsin and then uh over in the bay area we have a specialty distributor and and now we're featured on an app called feed that delivers all throughout the west coast so we're 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 really happy that 
people can now find our product without paying the crazy cost of shipping online. Um, you know, we, we do have to pass along some of those UPS costs and they're not cheap. So we really want to make our product accessible to people so that they can taste, they can have a taste of the Balkans at home and, and not pay for shipping. (laughs) What are consumer choices when they look at yours? What are they kind of comparing it to? So we're, we're, we're typically found in the appetizer set, sometimes the entree set. Um, and I would say we're priced similarly to feel good foods. So they have a lot more products than we do, but you know, we're usually at like an eight ninety nine or nine ninety nine SRP. And there are two Burecks that come in each pouch. So it is a multi-serve. Yeah, no, it is. And it's like I say, and they're, they're good size. And so they're, they're oh, great. Yeah. So let's talk about how you're building community, how you're raising awareness. Do you, do you work with influencers, micro influencers? Are you trying affiliates or, or brand ambassadors? This is an area that I'm really interested in because I know, like you found out when you do those shows, when people try it, they love it. They need to see recipes and getting that user generated content is a great way to do it. So how do you, you know, or what are your thoughts around that? Yeah. So like I mentioned, press has been uh, really instrumental for us. And we have an affiliate program through Share a Sale, which works with skim links. So anytime we're featured in a list of, you know, top 30 frozen items to buy at the store or, you know, top 10 women owned businesses, the publisher gets a percentage of that sale. So they, it's connected to our Shopify site and the publisher makes, I think it's like 10% per sale, but, you know, gives us great visibility. And also it's interesting to track where the sales come from. We really like data. We like to see that. Um, And it incentivizes the publishers to feature us. So it's, you know, it's worked well for us. Uh, We haven't done affiliates with influencers. Um, It's something that we would definitely consider. Uh, I don't know how it would work with our current platform with ShareASale, but um, we're definitely looking into that. We've worked with some micro influencers, but a lot of it's been organic and they've just liked our product and they've gone into a Foxtrot and then posted about it, which we're so grateful for. Um, But, you know, we're always trying to find ways to measure our spend, our marketing spend. We're a fledgling, you know, brand with a tiny marketing budget. We have no outside funding. So we have to be super strategic and tie everything back to a sale if possible. So um, that's kind of our thought process with working with influencers. You know, if, if we can give a coupon code and then measure the sales that way, it, it's super helpful. But in terms of kind of just general brand awareness, we don't have the luxury of doing that yet. Um, so that's kind of been our, our idea. Brand ambassadors are something we're looking into. Uh, we're just a tiny team and the management of that might be cumbersome, but I think it would be such a great way to, to spread the word. Well, and that's something that we're trying to unlock here as well, kind of behind the scenes for a lot of the brands that we talk to. I mean, I've just, having talked to hundreds and hundreds of brands, this is clearly one of the, the better ways the more effective ways is to get product in the hands of ambassadors and affiliates. 
Um, and there's different ways to, you know, incentivize and to compensate them. So they create that really unique, authentic content. And that's what you want. You know, you want people not making these beautiful, perfect videos, but more of a realistic right. video, you know? Right. And like you said, like, oh, I just burned the roof of my mouth. <laughs> but, yeah. oh, oh, so, but, you know, oh, so good. And yep. this is the dipping sauce that we tried and, you know, things like that. It's definitely a fun journey to, to kind of move, move down. Are any, so any other retail strategies or kind of trial and conversion strategies that you guys have been experimenting with? So we're really trying to expand our sales and our presence in the regions that we're in right now. I think there's a lot more opportunity. It's more cost effective in terms of freight. And then we'll start looking out west once we feel like we've saturated the markets that we're in. Um, as long as people out west can get our product either through our website, through the feed app, as I mentioned, we're, we're happy that it's accessible. Um but we we definitely want to focus on the East Coast and, and kind of Midwest South for now. Um, and in terms of increasing sales in those regions and just awareness, we've just started advertising with Instacart. So we noticed that our products were best sellers on Instacart for um, a lot of the bigger chains like Hannaford and, and the Fresh Market, which we're in. Uh, so we're thinking, let's double down. It's not the easiest to find on Instacart. So I think there are ways to bring it to even more customers when they're searching, um, when they're looking at comparable products. So we're really curious to see how that works. We've heard their great return on ad spend um, from other founders and other brands. So we'll see if uh, that's the same for us. Well, good. We'll have to check back on that because I love hearing how those little kind of practical ways, you know, are working and paying off. And I think it's really smart that you're not just thinking, let's activate more doors. Let's get into more states because you just want to be, you know, at the top of your category or near the top of your category in the market you're in because it shows that you're viable and it's sustainable and you're getting that penetration there, which makes for a better retail story in the future. You know, to show that once you get in, once people, consumers find it, you know, they, they kind of stick with it. I think that's really smart. I've heard a lot of entrepreneurs say that's a very good strategy. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's, I know it's tempting, you know, to it open the states, super tempting. Especially when you're at trade shows and they're asking for the product and, you know, you like how do you, you say no it. it's like it how goes you against no? your i know it goes know. against your like oh like yes of course you want to say yes well then you um, look at the freight cost and it makes it easy <laughs> <laughs> well and it's it's wise so um ariana what's the best way for people to find the product give us uh give us some handles so people can go check it out sure so our instagram is Balkan Bites NYC, B A L K A N Bites NYC. And our website is balkanbites.co. Awesome. I hope everyone goes and gives it a try. They are super flaky. I love that. And I should have, I probably should have done more research too on the, on the dipping sauces. Cause I think that's, that makes them even more fun and shareable, you know, when you're, you know, using a sauce. I, there's something Definitely. about something about that when you're using your hand and you can dip it. I don't know. It's more. Um, I don't know. Into is intimate. Is that? The, I don't. That's not the right word with food. I don't know. 
Yeah. Well, I, I think that we would recommend Labne or yogurt if you really want no fuss. Um, and, and it just complements the product really well. Yeah, that's a that's a better way to put it. Scratch what I said, do what she said. Um, Ariana, so good to talk to you again, and we wish you all the all the success in, you know, bringing that Balkan culture and cuisine and uh, you know awareness to to Americans, of course, and the rest of the world. Thank you, Tony. This has been great. I really appreciate you taking the time. Great seeing you. You too.